0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report. Where the heck have I been? Well, I've been so bogged down in a good way, uh, working on the launch of Conductor and continued uh, sort of maturation of that product and success of that product, which is exactly what we're going to talk about uh, today, uh, but I do know that I owe you the final series of our our web design uh, series, as part seven with Pippin Williamson talking all about his uh, redesign of pippinsplugins.com and uh, the good, bad, uh, and mostly the good uh, of that web design uh, web redesign. So that'll hopefully come out next week. I'm going to finally finish that up and polish it off and get it uploaded. I know it's been way too long. Um, so yes, the podcast has sort of taken a backseat. I actually got a tweet today from somebody saying, hey, did you retire the podcast? No, absolutely not. It's still the only thing I'm known for <laughs> uh, in this community. Uh, certainly uh, hoping to get there with our products as well and services. So uh, this episode is coming back in as I recently got uh, invited to the WordPress uh, Providence Meetup Uh, WordCamp Providence meetup over in Providence to talk about the 10 lessons that I learned launching Conductor. And this has uh, been a topic that I've discussed in other WordPress podcasts and other podcasts that I've been on or other uh, blog post interviews that I've done. And it's sort of been a fragmented uh, all over the place kind of thing. And I, I just finally sat down, wrote a few thousand words talking about uh, the 10 lessons that I learned launching Conductor. And I wanted to share that with you, uh, not only in a blog post, not only in a presentation format, but also video and audio to really communicate this message, because I hope that somebody kind of learns from the things uh, that we've done, the good and the bad uh, in this situation. So uh, stay connected to sabbatreport.com slash subscribe, join the mailing list. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at MattReport, if you want to follow along there. Uh, And the product we're going to be talking about today, uh, as always, uh, the show is sponsored by Conductor Plugin. You can learn more about Conductor Plugin at ConductorPlugin.com. And that's all I'm going to pitch, because we're going to talk about it this whole time. Uh, So these are the 10 lessons learned from launching Conductor Plugin. So when do you know that you have a product? Um, For us, as you can see in this graphic here... We're really marrying the two ends of the spectrum: customer needs and our internal workflow. So we saw requests coming from customers, and they were saying things like, "Hey, we want to be able to move content around our homepage or our subcategory pages. Do we always have to call you to make these code changes? Can we do this ourselves?" Um, and then we were looking at building stuff internally to say, "I think we can. I think we can solve that." And not only will it solve that scenario, but it also make developing our next projects uh, a little bit more streamlined, which meant we were saving time and becoming more profitable. So we looked into the sales pipeline and said, what, what bids do we have out or what incoming um, leads do we have that are looking for some complex sites with lots of, lots of content or membership directories or things like that? And we could look at, say, hey, if we invested some R&D on building an internal product, could we, you know, could we streamline this internal workflow? Which, and then we could also solve customer uh, needs and requests with it. And we came to the conclusion that yes, uh, we certainly could. And, and before Conductor was Conductor, it was actually called Minimize Blocks, and that was back in February of 2014 when we really started to say, you know what, we're getting a lot of requests. We're already solving it internally with this uh, set, this code set. It was, uh, you know, not a product back then. It wasn't even a plugin. So we were saying. Let's mature this. Let's turn this into into a product. Let's hit the market with this. Um, Not only are we going to solve our internal workflow uh, desires, but it's also going to work with our existing products uh, out in the market because we had WordPress themes and we could then uh, use that as a base to say, hey, we can upsell uh, Conductor into these themes uh, and we have ever since. So that's when we knew we had a product. We were looking at solving stuff that we needed uh, internally, what we could solve for our customer, and then we kind of just mashed it up, and it is the product that it is today. Uh, Lesson number two was, or is, start promoting as soon as possible, right? So I talk to a lot of WordPress product startups, and a lot of them are saying, hey, I built my product, and now I have to go and market uh, to the world. How do you find these people to market to? How do you find the right market? Well, for me... And for us, uh, we were doing that right from the get-go. So I believe when we first, you know, I don't even know if it, we we probably didn't even have it named conductor yet, but as soon as we had uh, some kind of working model, which was probably an alpha version, we're sort of demoing it uh, through podcasts primarily, um, talking about it on other podcasts and just sort of hinting at the fact that we had a product coming. And that at least started to spark some, um, you know, interest and some desire to see what the product was that we were about to launch. And that is my best advice to start doing it right away. If you can start demonstrating or hinting at or showing screenshots or screen, uh, screencasts of your product, it's the best way to do it. You start to get that ball rolling and you start to really gauge and then listen uh, to the reactions that you're getting. I wouldn't bet the bank on it, but I, <laughs> I would certainly say that it's a great way uh, to put your ear to ground to see if people are interested. Sure, you can do things like Facebook ads and the whole MVP model. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that, um, which I think might be coming up next. But you don't always have to go all in on that. You know, I I really wouldn't um, bet the the, the whole bank on that because if you're building a product that customers are already using, so if you're an agency and you're trying to get into the product space and you can build a product that your clients are already using, if they're already using it and they're happy with it and you can train them with it, or on it, then you should know that, hey, look, this is, this is a fairly safe bet. I don't need to do the whole MVP, you know, test $10 of Facebook ads over here and $10 of Google uh, pay-per-click over there. Know that, you know, have confidence in what you've built. Know that it's solving your internal needs and solving your current customer needs and, and roll with that. That's the best advice I have to knowing whether or not uh, your minimal viable product is actually working. But again, Lesson number two, start promoting as soon as possible. Lesson number three, the, one of the best things that we ever did was recruit a group of advisors. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't get any stock options. <laughs> uh, they certainly were not paid uh, to have uh, a seat uh, on the board. But um, we recruited six people, Brian Castle, Carrie Dills, Tom McFarlane, Mario Peshev, Bob Dunn, and Nathan Hangen of, Ign- of Ignition Deck. And we um, used them as a sounding board. And we, we show them different variations of, of conductor, uh, different talk about different price points, different use cases. What did they think uh, about the product, right? And they all brought different and unique voices to the table. Some are heavy product people. Some are heavy developers. Some are neither. And it's the best kind uh, of advice that you can get is when people are not in sort of your world every day and uh there are hardcore wordpress people and not hardcore wordpress people. So it was great to kind of get that perspective and have a vote of confidence to say hey, you know what? You're you had six well-known wordpress people sort of lend you their ears, lend you their time, most importantly. Um and we are forever appreciative to that. And if you can recruit one person outside of your organization or outside of you if you're just a solopreneur, um that's an advantage already because getting that advice from somebody else who's not looking at the product every single day with the tunnel vision that you might get is very valuable, very valuable. So if you can get an advisor or a mentor uh, on your uh, journey into launching a product, I would highly recommend that. And that's lesson number three. Lesson number four, uh, we talked about, I mentioned the minimal viable product, right? The lean startup methodology. Uh, Ash Moyer wrote a book called Running Lean and it's really a very short read. It's much more instructional than it is like, you know, really diving into some kind of theoretical, um, you know, venture. But the biggest takeaway I got from that book was doing hands-on demonstrations, picking up the phone, literally calling people and saying, can I do a demo? Can I show you my product? I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I just want you to watch and listen uh, and walk through me as I demonstrate this product. And we did that and the book recommends um, talking to maybe like 30 to 35 people um, you know in your MVP stage or even maybe prior to launching your MVP stage to really get the feedback um, that, you're, that you're probably looking for to validate the product we talked to about 50 people and we spent anywhere between 20 minutes to over an hour depending on how engaged um, these people were and that is the most important part aside from the feedback that you're going to get watching and listening, um, to these folks as they're, you know, we did it on a Google hangout or in some cases on Skype and being able to monitor the reaction physically, uh, really lets you in, gives you some great insight to whether or not folks are understanding the product, uh, whether or not they're interested in the pitch that you're doing, whether or not they'd be interested in buying it, uh, which is what you really want to get to, right? And, uh, again, that was the most important to me. I would, some people I could see like looking around the screen, <clears throat> which told me that maybe they weren't paying attention fully. Um, and, but other people were super engaged and you could see them nodding their heads. And then when the, you know, when the pitch was over, I just let them talk. So I would do my pitch. I would present the product and then I'd say, okay, now you tell me what you think. Just, you've got the microphone, you go ahead. Um, and that was when you could really tell whether or not you were onto something, um, you know, given, uh, given their response. You know, they were, some people were just like, Hey, yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to, you guys are to something It's going to work really well for you. Uh, and that was it. But others were actually talking about scenarios that they could see conductor working in, uh, with big content, uh, companies or content websites, um, to agents, you know, integrating into agencies, uh, and streamlining that workflow. So it was very interesting to get that kind of insight. And I, um, uh, really hope that you uh, also uh, get into doing some hands-on demos. Some other things here, uh, take detailed notes. We have detailed notes of all the phone calls that we had, which we use as an archive uh, or a journal to go back on to pull some ideas out of, right? So that's important. And ask for the sale. Uh, If you can ask for the sale, you don't necessarily have to put them on the spot and say you have to buy it today, but you just ask the question, would you purchase this and for how much? Nothing will validate it faster than asking somebody that question. Um, And if you're ever concerned about pricing, do the interviews and get the average price that people are uh, willing to pay. That's not science. Uh, It's maybe not the most optimal, but at least it gives you an understanding of what people, the first dollar amount that comes to people's minds. And I really recommend uh, doing that as well. Uh, Now I want to talk about refining your pitch and not your product. So, after about 10 to 12 interviews, I really started to see uh, a common thread, which was people were starting to inject their different uh, feature, w- uh, feature uh, wish lists, right? They were starting to request things that we didn't really have on the roadmap. Uh, and as it goes as a software product, people would say, hey, I would love if you integrated with, I don't know, Facebook or Twitter, um, but you're just not there yet, nor should you be. Um, stay true uh, and valid to the core of your product. Uh, because it's gonna be a whole heck of a lot easier for you to manage as you go as you go along, not just marketing, but code-wise and support and all that fun stuff. Uh, so I started to notice that um, not only were people having all these feature requests, but I, I initially started by just talking to people about the product, just like we are right now. I was explaining how Conductor worked, just like a, this this scenario here. I'm looking at a camera, I'm looking at somebody else on the other end of the camera, and we're just explaining how Conductor works. But I could see that, uh, I was trying to explain all the features and functions of Conductor, and it just wasn't really panning out well. So then I ended up making a pitch deck, much like you would see on TechCrunch Disrupt or any other uh, sort of startup challenge. And that really outlined headlines of the product, the benefits and the features, and then actual representation of screenshots of the plugin um, and our customers who were already using it. The Screenshots, one of the pro tips that I have written about before is making animated uh, GIFs so that you could see the plugin in action. WordPress plugins are not easy to pitch. Uh, people have to install them uh, on their website. And if they don't have a demo environment or they just don't want to take the time to install, it's a lengthy process. It's not something that, hey, just install this app from the app store and tell me what you think on your phone that they can just delete in a second. Um, this is Somebody's website, it could be something that is vital to their business, um, and they don't want to take the risk by just installing something uh, on a whim just to have you demonstrate it. So, as trivial as this sounds, it was very important for us uh, to create a traditional pitch deck. Even though we weren't necessarily pitching something, we weren't asking them for money or for a sale, we were pre- presenting the idea, um, it was very valuable. And um, if you do that, of course, I recommend that. That is one of the lessons here. Uh, refine the pitch and not your product. So, as people were injecting their sort of wish list, uh, items. I would take that into consideration or if people didn't really understand the pitch, I would kind of refine the pitch and not the product as we move forward. That makes sense. So when I get to the next person and the next person, I was refining the pitch that I could find. And again, paying attention to people's sort of, um, you know, emotions and, uh, physical awareness. Are they nodding their heads? Are they just uneasy? I would kind of see that when I knew I had refined the pitch perfectly, Um, that there was no more negative uh, reaction. It was much more positive and much more engaging. So refine your pitch, not your product. Promo jacking. Uh, This is where it starts to lead up into uh, the one hour, $4,000 in sales uh, in one hour. And that's where this is sort of all in the timeline of of getting there. Uh, There is a term called news jacking that some of you may have heard of before from David Meerman Scott. And uh, it's it's an idea of, there's a breaking news, uh, like when the Super Bowl, uh, the lights went out at the Super Bowl, Oreo did uh, some uh, crazy ad spot that everybody uh, retweeted and it went super viral. That's a perfect example of newsjacking. I'm using a term called promojacking, <laughs> uh, which is positioning your promotion well. Um, and I did that alongside of WordCamp New York 2014 um, in two different ways. Number one, we were going to WordCamp New York, right? So it was a perfect boots on the ground i had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people uh and combine that with a lot of social media promotion up until that point uh you know doing the screencast doing the 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 podcast um shows talking about conductor letting people know that we were going to be at WordCamp new york to talk about it uh was sort of all leading up to this uh promotion and then we did a um a screencast and, and uh, a Conductor Office Hours is what it's known as. We did a uh, podcast on how to create uh, a design like the New Yorker magazine website using Conductor. Code, PHP, all that fun stuff uh, is all available uh, through conductorplugin.com. And we showed people how to build this, right, within 30 minutes using our plugin um, and to create a, re- uh, a layout representational uh, of that. And it, that was shared tremendously, right? Because again, it's Work Camp New York. We're talking the New Yorker magazine and we're in New York. Uh, it's just all of these uh, sparks were starting to, to sort of fly. And what we were doing was capturing emails alongside these videos. So we would put these videos out on a landing page and we would capture these emails um, as people watch the video. So they watch the video and we would simply ask, are you interested in knowing when this product uh, goes into beta um, and paid beta? In fact, was the headline, and at the end of that weekend, from start to finish, we gathered. I think maybe a hundred and I think I forget if it's 145 or 165 emails. Either way, uh, not a tremendous amount, but again, it was all over just this weekend uh, or that weekend that had happened. So, promo jacking—if you can align some kind of promotion that is really going to make a splash, um, something that's no, not so artificial, like giving away an iPad. Uh, because that's really going to be just a whole bunch of people who really don't care about your product um, coming for just the iPad. Um, Do something a lot more organic, but promotional at the same time. Uh, Not artificial where it'll just fizzle away, uh, but something that'll last a little bit longer. So as I said, we did $4,000 in our first hour of paid beta launch. It was amazing, right? We were so happy Uh, to finally uh, get to that, uh, find that product that we were like, hey, we struck gold, this is it. If we can sell $4,000 in an hour, that's like over 100 grand a month. We finally figured out uh, the secret sauce to launching a WordPress product, right? So we had a one-day beta buy-in, and I launched this uh, in collaboration with Carrie Dills, one of our advisors, on her live show, uh, which was then called Genesis Office Hours. It's now just called Office Hours. You can get there, officehours.fm. And uh, we did that one-hour promotion. And aside from just the demonstrations of our product, nobody else had really had their hands on using Conductor. There were no real you know, third-party case studies or reviews that people could uh, play with. There was no demo. People were just buying in from all the video and promotion that we were doing and blog posts and tutorials. And there was no real set licensing in stone either. We were just saying, hey, it's 99 bucks to buy to the beta and you get a copy of Conductor. And um, to see, to have 40 sales come in off of that small email list plus the promotion that we were doing on the podcast was quite tremendous. It was a great, um, great success, obviously, in, in my eyes. Um, so we had the emails, we had the podcast, and we sold 4,000. Super hyped, lots of cash, you know, can't wait, wait to buy the boat. But, Next lesson, the party was over. <laughs> uh, so that lesson was great. The promotion was there. Uh, you know, we were doing really. You know, we sold all those uh, all those copies in that one day. Heck, in that one hour, uh, we had that that many sales going in. And then from 30 days on, our revenue dropped to 800 bucks thereabouts. And then we were sitting there scratching our heads, saying, "Wow, we really thought we were going to just keep going up, not going down." And that was kind of scary. Um, so basically what we learned was it's not easy, right? Promotions are great, but it's, this is a brand new product uh, to the market. We're not going to have those kinds of days every day uh, or every month. That's for sure, not now. So we realized that we have to get back to the grind. The party was over. It was time to get back to marketing, doing business development, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And really just improving the product and talking to more people about it. And uh, ever since then, that was our worst month ever. <laughs> and consecutively since, uh, we have had the best months uh, ever. Uh, up until last month, we had our best month ever. Um, you know, and, and it's still going up uh, in terms of the average. And uh, we're really happy about that. One of the final lessons here is... You need to business development the shit out of your product, biz dev the shit out of your product. If anybody's a fan uh, of Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, I, don't, I look for some quotes that he had, I know he said it before, um, I know he has mentioned biz dev, biz dev, biz dev, biz dev, and that's all I do. I was talking to another plugin developer the other day, uh, they have their plugin in the repo and they were asking, boy I wish we would have more downloads, where do you go for your downloads? I don't go anywhere for my downloads because Conductor, pl- Conductor plugin is not available uh, in any uh, marketplace or free repo or wordpress.org. That said, we do have seven WordPress themes that total over 400,000 downloads or something like that. We have the Note plugin, which works with Conductor, that has 5,000 or 6,000 active installs. So we use those as channels, but we don't give away the product. It's like a freemium upsell product in a, in a sense. It's not even uh, the product... Conductor, the product isn't free, but there's these sort of little accessories that are free which make you uh, go into Conductor uh, eventually with some marketing stuff. So to that point is I spend a lot of time, a lot of time talking to people, other agencies, other developers, I'm always trying to learn how people can use Conductor. Um, I look at every opportunity as an opportunity and I think that that's where a lot of people fall short is people are so you know especially the entrepreneur it's good or bad right so they're either all over the place like me and they're talking to everybody that they possibly can or they're talking to no one right they're they're they're, you know uh, adapting themselves to like this time box like i have to optimize my day and i have to work within this time block and this time block is a blog post and this time block is an interview like if you really box yourself out, you're going to lose out on the luck, right? The luck of the draw, life, uh, is going to happen around you because as we know, uh, stuff happens. And if you're not available to those, those moments or thinking outside of the box, that's where you start to lose, right? And, um, I think that's why Twitter is such a great, uh, social platform, but a lot of people don't get it because it's very real time. Like you have to live in it, right? To really get, um, something out of it and I live in it and I do get stuff out of it for sure. Um, So you just have to be constantly um, developing new business and that takes getting out of the seat, um, meeting people, talking to people, writing emails, cold calling, going to events as much as you can uh, because the product will not sell itself unless you have hit the unicorn, uh, which so few of us do. And last but not least, uh, the ripple effect, right? Everything you do, everything you decide counts to this ripple right the little the smallest feature has a ripple effect the change of marketing has a ripple effect your website has a ripple effect Um, decisions that you're making on one side is really affecting the other and you don't really know and see this stuff until time goes by and before it's too late so for example when we launched on that four thousand dollar day we didn't even have a website for conductor, right? We had just started to design a landing page for conductor because we were thinking, well, look, we don't know when this product is going to sell. We don't know if it's going to sell. Let's just put up a landing page, um, and we'll just sell copies, you know, using easy digital downloads through that. Be pretty easy, and then we'll invest in a website later. And Then we had the four thousand dollar day, and we're like, oh my god, we need a website. <laughs> so we just went full steam ahead uh, into. Uh, creating the website and it was really a forced um, process, right? It was never meant to scale to, uh, you know, a support section, a document section, an add-on section, a, you know, a full-fledged blog, um, a podcast section. Um, not even the internal sales pages were really optimized. Uh, to do any of that it was really just a homepage. And we kind of just took one of our themes and, and modified it up a little bit and turned it into the website that you see today. We are working on uh, a new version, which is taking a little bit longer uh, than, than anticipated, but we're putting much more thought into it. So that's an example of the ripple effect where we just said, well, let's just go full steam ahead and let's just build a site. Now, uh, when we put it for sale, we just put it for sale on our theme site um, and then you know built this site uh, afterwards. But it certainly had a have, uh, have had an impact on uh, sales um, and general usability of the site, right? So we realize that, and that's just something that we're dealing with right now. Um, so that's an example of the ripple, ripple effect, a little bit theoretical, um, but just know that you know, the more uh, simplistic you can make your messaging, your product, the better, and I know that sounds uh, so cliche, and we even said the same thing like yeah yeah people were telling us like yeah you need to simplify you need to simplify it we're like no no no. it needs all these options it needs all this stuff and i'm talking about the product it needs all this stuff and now we're seeing all of this like well how do we convey this part of the plugin and how many users are using you know this section of the widget or how many people are actually using layouts and uh the custom uh actions and filters that we have you know very tough for us to measure that right now Um, but we do realize that everything that you do has that ripple effect. One change is gonna affect the other. So that is the last lesson. I hope that you're doing uh, a fantastic job uh, on your product launch. I'd love to hear about your product launch. If you have it, you can drop a comment uh, in the comment below and let me know what's going on with your product, what struggles, uh, what lessons do you have for our audience? Uh, So that's it. Leave a blog uh, post, or excuse me, a blog comment below. I'll be sure to respond to that. Share it on Twitters if you can. Again, it's mattreport.com slash subscribe.